Beloved, you are about to listen to a message from Reverend Prince Lai. Reverend Prince Lai is the head pastor of Rescue World Chapel International and the lead evangelist of Christ the Healer Gospel Campaign. He has a dynamic teaching and healing ministry with miracles, signs and wonders that has affected and transformed many lives. And now, the voice of Rescue. You are mighty on your throne. Wave your two hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your power. For your power. For your presence. For your presence. For your spirit. For your spirit. In our midst tonight. In our midst tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. Do it better. Do it better, everyone. I want you to look in the face of a brother, a sister, tell the person, welcome to the house of God. Welcome to the house of God. And welcome to our kingdom expansion summit. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell the person, your life will certainly catch fire. Hallelujah. Take back your seat. If you believe, you are going to be blessed. Amen. Let's be seated, everyone. Hallelujah. Oh, Amen. Oh, amen. I'm excited to be a part of this program tonight. Oh, is someone also excited here? You don't sound excited at all. You don't look excited at all. Ask that sister by you. Ask that brother by you. Are you excited to be here? Then your life will certainly catch fire. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We are in our month of dedication and this special summit. The Lord has called us together in order to empower us and to transform our spiritual lives. And so this evening, I want us to begin a journey that we would continue throughout this month and to enter into certain realms and certain dimensions that the Lord wants us to enter into. And certainly, our lives will never ever be the same after this summit. Amen. And so, I want to talk to you a very simple thing that I call dedication to God. Dedication. Dedication. Oh, are you sure that clap is for God? dedication to god you say kingdom expansion summit we are looking at things about the kingdom of god things about our spiritual lives things that will affect our lives and will affect the kingdom at large hallelujah and you see when it comes to the subject of dedication we are going to be dealing about several things so i'll just take it lightly small small easy easy cool cool amen now, when it comes to the subject of dedication, it is, it is something, dedication is something that every man, every man must have. 
every man must naturally, supposed to naturally be dedicated to his God. Every man. Every man is supposed to naturally, without force, without, uh, you know, it is because of the, the, the fall of man that we have to even tell you that be dedicated to God. It's actually because Adam sinned. Else, we wouldn't need to talk to you about dedication. Supposed to be a natural thing. It's supposed to be a non-negotiable subject in the life of every human being. Towards God. Towards our Father who made us. And it's because of certain reasons. It's because of certain reasons. There are certain purposes for which reason or which which uh, we, you and I as human beings are supposed to be dedicated to God. Dedicated to our Father. And so in this first part of the series, tonight I'll try to, to deal with three, three objectives. The first objective is that I want us to look at the, the purpose. The purpose, the reason why Men or human beings must be dedicated to God. If that's how they say it. How we are, why we have to be dedicated to God. And then the second objective or what we will try to touch on if God gives us grace is the, 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 the meaning. When we say that you are dedicated to God, some of us feel we are dedicated. Some of us think we are dedicated. You know, so we will try to explain or to define what dedication is. And then maybe finally for tonight, hopefully, we will try to also look at, at uh, some biblical examples of dedicated people. People who were dedicated to God. People who were dedicated to God. Amen. Oh, amen. So that is what we want to try to, to look at in this, in this program today. And we are believing God that through it, certain lives here will be transformed that will affect us forever and ever. Amen. Oh, amen. So let's quickly look at the three or the four reasons why it it is actually supposed to have been a natural thing for you and I to be dedicated to God. Now, how many of you believe that you are dedicated to God? Says that you are you are committed person to God. You believe you are dedicated, yeah. It's a good thing. It's supposed to be a natural thing. It's supposed to be a natural thing. And the reason, or some of you are afraid to lift up your hands. You, you, you don't, you don't, you seem not to know what to expect. It's like this man, when he asks you a question, you have to be careful. Oh, no, 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 no. Feel free, feel free. Tell somebody, Charlie, relax, relax. We are in the house of God. Calm your nerves. Hallelujah. Oh, amen. And so, the first reason why men must be dedicated to God, or the first reason why you and I are supposed to be dedicated to God, is that man was created by God and for God. Man was created by God and for God. Man for God. Man was created by God and for God. Amen. Oh, amen. Revelation chapter 4, the verse number 11. Revelation chapter 4, the verse number 11. And please, I want to work very fast. So give me the fastest projector. Or one who, give me the fastest, please. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, 
to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. Say all things. Say including me. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure. For thy pleasure they are and were created. All things including human beings. And so man was actually created by God for God's pleasure. Say I was created by God and for him. Say I was created by God to serve God. You see, nobody creates something that will not meet his need. Everyone who invented, you see, we say that necessity is actually the mother of invention. Okay, necessity, something that you need is what actually makes you come up with an idea to solve a problem. So, all inventions are actually solutions for a problem that those people were facing. Amen. Oh, amen. So, God actually wanted to solve a need. And the need was the need of glory, the need of praise, that someone to please him, someone to serve him, someone to make him happy, someone to, to carry out certain duties. And Bible says that he decided to create all things, including men, human beings, so that we will please him. We will bring him joy. We will bring him glory. So our dedication to God is actually an answer to why we were made. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It is actually the reason why you were made. It is actually the reason why you were created. You were created to be devoted to someone called God. He made you for himself. He created you for himself. So that you will be committed to him. To bring him glory. To bring him joy. To bring him. So we don't live for ourselves. Say I don't live for myself. Or say I don't live for myself. I was created by someone. So I live for that person. So if you are here and you feel like all your life is for God and you are living for God, spending your time for God, spending everything about you for God, then I'm here to announce to you that that is actually why you were created. That is actually why. That is actually why you were created. Your dedication to him is the reason for creating you. So you were created. So the first reason why men must actually serve or be dedicated to God. Men must be naturally moving or gravitating towards God. is because we were created to serve him. To give him glory. And to give him pleasure. Amen. Oh, amen. Number two. Number two reason why we were created. Man, man's creation was not man's design. So man's existence must not follow man's plans or purposes. Listen to me carefully. Don't get confused. I'm establishing something for a long journey. And I'm saying that the first reason why you and I are supposed to naturally serve God without hesitation, without struggle, is like we should, we should be dedicated to God. Our life should be thrown out to, to God. It should be for him. Without we struggling to do it. You see, some of you are struggling to serve God. You are struggling to be dedicated to God. And it's because you lack this understanding, this revelation. That the first reason is that you were actually created for that purpose. Do you get it? And the second reason is that because you were created for that purpose. Or you were created by him. Your existence, your life on this earth 
it's not supposed to be run by your plans. It is supposed to be in his plans. Yeah. Maybe you don't understand. Because you didn't create yourself, you can't live for yourself. Amen. Because you didn't create yourself, you can't determine what you want to do with your life. This microphone didn't create itself. So this microphone cannot decide to be a hammer. Because it has a metallic head. So it decides to be knocking things. No. The one who made it, made it out of a need. To use to amplify sound. And so, it is, it is not the one to determine what it will do as it comes into existence. It is determined by the manufacturer. So because you and I, men did not create themselves, we don't live according to our design. We don't live according to our own purpose. We don't live according to our own plans. We actually supposed to live according to the plans of the one who made us. Yeah. Get that one straight. Amen. Oh, amen. amen. Isaiah chapter 43, the verse number 21. Isaiah 43, verse 21. It said, These people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. You see, they don't tell me what they do. This is why I made them. I said they should live to show forth my praise. So these people, the Lord says he has made, with you and I, with an assignment. And our assignment is to show forth his praise. I pray that as you go through life, may your very existence show forth the praise of God. May your very life show forth the praise of God. Lift up your right hand and say, I am the one. Number three reason why dedication should have been a natural thing is that man's greatest potential comes out of his unity with God. Man's greatest potential is always bet when he begins to walk with the Lord. When he's united with the Lord. Man's greatest potential comes alive or comes out when he's in unity with God. In other words, the day you meet God or the day you start living or working with God is actually the beginning of the, your, your life of living to the utmost when it comes to what God wants you to do. You see, the day the microphone will come into the hands of the manufacturer for the very first time it is produced, that will be the day that it will begin to be used for the right thing. For the right thing. If the person who produced the microphone didn't see the microphone and someone took it somewhere else, they will use it for something else. Because where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. Do you understand? In other words, if you don't know what something is used for, using the thing for a wrong thing is something that you easily do. Amen. Are you following me? So, if this microphone or what has been produced will actually be used for the right thing, then it must be in the right hand. And the hand should be the one who made it. And so, the day that you dedicate your, 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 yourself or your life to God is actually the time that your life is actually going to bear the highest form of fruit that it's supposed to bear. You will live 
Yeah, if I clap and do that better. You will live all sorts of life out there. You will do all sorts of things out there. And it will not be to your fullest potential until you decide to surrender your life to God. Until you decide to allow God to begin to use you. That was the case of Peter. Peter was living his life. He was a fisherman. He was making some ends meet. He was, he was surviving on the seas. He and his brothers. But after their path crossed with Jesus. And Jesus now made them discover why they were made and why they were created afterwards in Acts chapter 4. Let me read something to you. In Acts chapter 4, look at the verse 13. In Acts chapter 4, after Jesus had left, but because they had now met Jesus, they have discovered their potential or what they are supposed to really do. The Bible says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were unschooled people, unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge that they have been with Jesus. So because these fishermen who were not respected, who were not needed in the community, who were treated as trash, when their path crossed with Jesus, they became superstars. They, they earned the respect of the Sahindri. That means that their life started delivering at the highest potential. I pray for someone here that as you have encountered Jesus, as you have dedicated your life to Jesus, may you become more than your mother taught. May you become more than your father expected. May you become more than human beings anticipated. Lift up your right hand and say, I will be more than I thought. They became more than they thought. They became more than they anticipated. They became more than they could imagine. They, they were then unschooled men. But after they met Christ, that thing that was, was in them, that they were made for, came alive. Your own potential will come alive. I said your own potential will come alive. You see people who are using their gift, their talent outside in the world and is leading to corruption and destruction. And when they encounter God and they encounter Jesus, you see that then they are transformed. Then these same people who were once junkies, who were once being destroyed, you see their pictures and it's like, what you mean this was how he was? And now in Christ, and they are transformed. They are turned around. Their voices are saving millions. And God is using them the same thing they were doing outside that was destroying them. Now they are doing something else with that gift. And it is now bringing life to them. I pray that may God cause you to find your potential. May God cause you to find your potential. Your gift and everything that it is in you. When you meet Christ, you are able to discharge at your highest potential. Amen. Oh, amen. Now, what therefore is dedication? What is dedication? These are the reasons why we are supposed to be dedicated to God. What is dedication? And I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to play English here. I'm going to tell you things through the definition. Not, not, not dictionary definition. I'm telling you practically what dedication is. For you to understand what dedication is. How many of you want to know what dedication is? Said I was, this brother is very dedicated to God. This sister is very dedicated to God. Now one, dedication means, or it means going all the way with God. Going all the way with God. Not going halfway with God. Not going a short distance with God and then backsliding or going away from God. 
But when we say someone is dedicated, it means that someone that is going all the way with God. Let's go to Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, all the way to verse 18. You are familiar with the story of Ruth. Now the Bible says that there was um, two ladies, Ruth and then um, Opa. Is it Opa or something? Yes. Ruth and then Opa. And they were all married to the sons of Naomi. And eventually, Naomi's sons all died. And so, she became childless. The husband also died. And so, there was no man in the house. There was no husband for her to even produce another child. And at the end of the day too, even if she is to even give birth now, it will take another 20 years or 25 years for the children to grow up to become men. Able to marry. And so, Ruth and Opa, who were in-laws, to her had every right to go back. True or not true? Or you, you would have stayed there? Would you have stayed there? Yes. <laughs> Please, you you know you would have gone. There is no the one you married into the family is gone. What are you doing there? In those days, your brother could marry your wife if you are dead. And there is no other person there to marry. So, you are just left with the old woman. That was the situation of these two people. So, the Bible says that when the old woman told them that, Charlie, you guys cannot be here. You waste your life or you just uh, be here for nothing. I have no more son. And I don't even have a husband. And I'm also old. So, I can't give you another son who will become a husband to even marry the two of you. That is what maybe you are interested in. So, I bid you goodbye. I wish you well. God bless you. You can go back to your families. The Bible says, and they lifted up their voices and they wept again and Opa kissed her mother-in-law. In other words, kissed her goodbye. But Ruth cleaved or cleaved unto her. There are two levels of dedication here. They all loved the woman. They all wanted to stay. They all had good intentions. But one, even though they all cried, after crying, still left. Amen. Are you you following? It's like, it's like the type of people that said, oh, you know, uh, I really, I really like the church. You know, I really like the church. But, (laughs) do you see see that thing? I I really like the church, you know, but, so it's like they still love the, the, the environment, the area. They still love this man of God. They still love this ministry. But, you understand? So as, as they are giving you sweet words, they are still going. And they are still not coming. And they are telling you that, oh, I still love the church. Oh, Charlie, I still, still care about the church, you know? <laughs> you know, so Upper cried, wept. I'll miss you. I don't want to leave you. But afterwards, she left the woman. <laughs> and then she went. But Ruth, she wept, she kissed, did everything, but didn't leave. Stayed with the woman. You see, that is a kind of commitment or dedication that God is looking for. Verse 15. And she said, Behold, 
Thy sister-in-law is gone back to her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Go like, like, like she has gone. Then what happened? And Ruth said, Entreat me or entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For where thou goest, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Or where you lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God shall be my God. You see, in other words, Charlie, I came into this family not to come and go. I came to stay. I, I want to go far with you. I want to go far. I want to go far. I just want to go. I, it's not like I came for good times. You see, we are saying that dedication means that deciding to go far. Deciding to go. Deciding to go. Going all the way. Deciding to go far. Going all the way. Not, not short distance. So some of you, you, you stay around the church so you decide to join us because you stay around the church. But after you, you, you complete school, you won't come here again. Or after you, 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 you get a job somewhere, you are ready to go away and be that, oh, I love the church, but, but, <laughs> and be that's goodbye. And be that's goodbye. Wow. You see, so you are, you are, not, you are not really dedicated to God or to to, to the church or the, the family God has given you here. You are not. You are just around because it favors you. Proximity. Closeness. Or because of a reason. Some of you are crying but you still wave at us and go. You still wave at us. <laughs> As you are crying, you are going. You know, pastor, it's not, it's not my fault. I got a boyfriend outside. Amen. <laughs> Ruth said, please don't, don't force me to leave. For I have made up my mind that I'm going to be dedicated. And I didn't come in just because of your son. But once I'm part of the family, I've decided that I'm going to the end. You see, dedication means that being committed to seeing the end, the end. To see the end, to be there. You see, we said we are going to do this thing for the Lord. How many of you are going to wait to see to the end? dedication. That's dedication. So Ruth said, don't ask me to go. I came here to stay. Ask somebody, did you come here to stay? Or you are going to cry and wave at us. Bye bye. (laughs) As you are crying, you are going. May it never be you. (laughs) I said, may it never be you. Verse 17. You see, where thou diest, I will die. And there will I be buried. That means that until I die, I am following. You see, that is dedication. These are the people God is looking for. Not people who become born again for something. And so, when they get to some junctions of their lives, then they decide to, to, to stop serving God. Yes. You see, some of us, we are in to die. It's like, by the time we were coming in, we made up our mind, this thing, I can be poor and in it. I'm ready. If I perish, I perish. If I become a pastor and I'm poor, no problem. I was ready for it. I didn't come in thinking that, okay, uh, uh, if you don't make me rich, then I won't work for you. No. 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 I believe in prosperity. I believe in all that. But we came with a mindset that if 
even if God will not prosper us and this church we are going to start if it fails, no problem we decide to serve God we didn't come for the money the money was there, we left it to come so it's not the money that we came we didn't come for the money we didn't come for the money Okay, that's what we are talking about dedication says that I want to go to the end now the God that you are serving are you serving him to the end or you are serving him to when you get a job or you are serving him to when you marry is that your junction your bus stop because you see when a car is going there are some of the passengers that are going to the last stop and there are others that are going to a bus stop are you going to a bus stop or you are going to a last stop? Charlie, ask the brother by your side. Gentlemen, are you in Christ to go to the last stop? Or you are going to, to just alight at the bus stop? No, no, am I, am, I, am I communicating something? You see, that is dedication. Dedication says that I'm going to the bus stop. To the last stop. You see, so that's how it is. There are people too who have joined the shepherding team, who have joined the ministry work, who have joined this church, who have joined the family of God and they are just in for a certain bus stop. When they marry, that's all. Some, they will not even stop church. Oh, they are in the church, but it's like they, have not, it's like they are not in the church. Yes. They just get a job and every day, my job, my job, my job, my job, no more evangelism, no more this. And you, and you wonder, so you realize that this particular person came in to just alight at a bus stop called job. The job junction. Or the marriage junction. Or the offense junction. Someone does something. Yeah, someone does something to me, I'll stop. I love the church. You say I love. I really have good plans for the church. I came in with pure heart. But offense junction. That's ask the person which junction are you alighting? Amen. Sit down. So dedication means that going all the way with God. Not alighting somewhere, not stopping. Listen to me. Let me tell you. In life, eh, in your fellowship with God, there, there will always be certain places you get to in life or certain levels you get to in life that you will be tempted to quit. You always get there. Ruth was tempted to quit. Oh, go back. Even the one that she was willing to be dedicated to is even giving her the reason to live. Yes. So you can't even be in a church that is the pastor that is even asking you to go. That was the situation here. Or you could even be offended by the pastor in the, in the church. A- amen. Yeah. It happens sometimes. You see? You see that? Where thou diest, will I die? And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if ought but death part thee and me. In other words, I am in to the end. These are the words of Ruth. A dedicated person. A dedicated person. A dedicated person. Listen, as you are here, God is calling you. Maybe you, you might have made some mistakes in your past. You, you have a new opportunity. 
you have a new opportunity to, to learn new things and to start a new life. Okay, so I have not come here to make you feel bad or anything. No. I'm just here to teach you what you need for this level you have got into so that your next step you will go far with God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but put your two hands together for Jesus. Amen. Verse 18. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she stopped speaking. When Naomi saw that she was steadfastly minded, that means she was dedicated to following her, then Naomi stopped talking. Then Naomi stopped talking. So you see that Ruth and the other lady, Opa, they all got to the same place of temptation. They had reasons to stop serving God. That's why we have a lot of people who have stopped serving God. There are people who used to be very active with God. But they've stopped serving God. They are not going to any church anymore because they are offended with that thing called church. That name called church, the family of God. They are offended with the family of God. Amen. Oh, amen. And it's because they don't have spirit that root heart. The dedicated spirit. That listen, I'm serving God no matter what is coming my way. If I fall, I will rise up. I will continue till I get to the end, to the last stop. I'm not giving up. Yes. We, are, we, are, we are now starting now. Amen. So, that is what Ruth did. And look at what Ruth got in return. Because of the dedication of Ruth, Ruth, who was coming from a Moabite background, she was a Moabite, and they were cursed by God. But God, because of her dedication, God brought her into the blessing of Abraham. How do I know? Because when she came, it was her dedication that Boaz, the rich man Boaz, heard about. And so Boaz told Ruth that I have heard of how dedicated you are to your mother-in-law, I've heard. That means that dedication can be seen and can be heard. <laughs> Naomi saw her dedication and stopped sucking her. And Boaz heard of her dedication and married her. Yeah. And listen to me. When Boaz married her, Boaz was the grandfather of Jesus. And so she also became a grandmother of Jesus because she and Boaz, they gave birth to a man called Obed and Obed gave birth to a man called Jesse and Jesse gave birth to a man called David and David gave birth and on and on and on and they gave birth to a man called Jesus Christ. So you see, someone who was a cursed person brought herself into a blessing because of her dedication. Upper that was her last stop. We didn't hear anything that happened to her anymore. But Ruth, even though she was from a cursed background, she was not an Israelite. Her name is in the Bible. A whole book was dedicated to her. On top of it, she has become the grandmother of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means she has entered into the Abrahamic line of blessing, where the Messiah was supposed to come from. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. You see, so dedication can bring you into the limelight. Dedication can make you great. Dedication can open doors for you. We have not come to that. That is for other days. But that is what Ruth did. 
Ruth's dedication brought her into the limelight. Amen. Number two, what is dedication? Dedication means making God the center of your life. Making God the center of your life. That means the reason for your living. When we say that you are dedicated, it means you have made God the reason for your living. Like you have made him the center of your life or the reason for your living. You have come to the point where you think that it is life is meaningless without God. That's in Philippians 1.21. Where you see life as all around Christ. You see, there are some of you, you are, you are, you are trying to see the whole thing to be so strange that uh, why is it that my life is check, 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 check. No, how do you want your life to be? How? You were created by a father, you are going to him and you have a problem going to him. You have a problem worshipping him. You have a problem spending time with your father. No, so I don't understand when you say that, and why is it that my life is church? Like, my brother, Bonnie and I are sorry. Where should your life be? You see, those who are dedicated to God, when we say that you are dedicated to God, it means that God becomes the center of your life. Everything about your life revolves around God. Who you marry is because of God. Where you stay is because of God. Where the work you do is because of God. You make decisions because of God. That is it. When I became committed to God, every other thing must align to God. So, what kind of job will I do? I first check. Will it affect my Christian life? What kind of money will I take? I first check. Will it affect my Christian life? What kind of woman would I marry? I first check. Will it affect my Christian life? I had options. I had plenty before I could have married. But I decided to marry the least of all of them. The youngest of all of them. Why? Because I wanted to serve God in peace. Not in pieces. You see? So, when God becomes the center of your life, you make decisions to favor you and God. You don't make decisions that will be against you and God. You get unemployment that will stop you from going to God. And you say God has opened a door. Is that why the devil that opened it? No God. But the temptation that was taking you away. <laughs> Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? And so you have to come to the point where Philippians 1:21 is your mindset. He says, For me to live is what? Oh, come on, read with me. For me to live is what? Right. You see, some of you, you have been saying it from a very shallow perspective. very low. You see, you say it from the angle that, oh, yes, but that's not what Paul was saying. That one is just shallow. Oh, uh, so you see from the angle that oh Jesus modin awa bonti na metiasi Jesus ne bambo aobon mi huba inti na metiasi Jesus adumti na metiasi but that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul says that for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. In other words, se metiasi ya niyenti a metiasi ni se me ye Jesus e huwe jumebi jumebi hot yamami enameye. So I'm just alive for Christ. I'm doing something for Christ. And if I die, I've gone back to my Christ. So whether I live or I die, I am for Christ. That's what Paul was saying. But God says that yes, we did. 
I follow what I'm trying to say. But a lot of you, are you living for Christ? A lot of you are living for money. Yes, let me tell you the truth. A lot of you are living for money. You are living because of money. It's not, it's not because of Christ. You are living because of money. That's the truth. That's the truth. Because you see, if a US visa should come right now, you will leave your church and go to US. Yeah. No, no. You leave your branch. You come and tell me that uh, pastor, you see, um, the Lord... And then you write, you intentionally tell me that, okay, pastor, you see, you have trained me. Wherever I go, I can start a church. So let me go to America and start the church there so that we have rescue America. But what is taking you there is actually the money. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down, sit down. Sit down. A lot of you, even though you are Christians, you are able to accept certain jobs that make you work on Sunday not because you love the job, like like each human with them pill. It is just the salary. So you are living because of money. You go to work on Sunday. You go to work late night. It's just because of the money. Hey, if your boss tells you that work till 10 p.m. for free, will you do it? The only reason why you will do it is because of money. But when we say you are working for money, you are offended. It's not you're not offended. You are just living because of money. Because the day you stop living for money, you don't make decisions because of salary. You don't make decisions because of what it will affect. You understand? You look at things that it will affect and you make a decision on them. And so Paul says that for me to live is Christ. That is dedication. That means Christ is the center of my life. So every other thing must align. If you are not with Christ, you can't be in my circle. You can't be a friend. You can't be someone I chat with. I only chat with people who are serving the Lord. Unless I go for evangelism. Then I'm going to look for others to come and join the circle. Else, my, I can't have a friend who is an unbeliever. No. For me to live is Christ. The only reason why I am alive now is Christ. Listen. By the grace of God, the Father that God gave me to take care of me, right in front of me pays for people to travel outside the country. Never, never have I ever even desired, like, say, Adomikon, say, I want to travel outside the country. Never. Right in front of me, people are helped to go. I've never said, Daddy, I want to go and continue on my life outside. I would have been out from here. I've never thought about it. Never. Even though I assist we carry bags to airport. I wave. But I never thought about going. And to today, I've never. The only time that I've ever spoken about traveling, that I told my mother about two months ago, I said, Mommy, I want you to take me to Nigeria. I'm going to look for a pastor called Pastor Paulinetti. Take me there. My mother said, next year, I'll take you there. Because there will be a program next year and I want to go for that program. Okay, when the time is up, tell me about it. America, what am I going to do there? US, what am I going to do there? You see, you see that you are shocked. 
You are shocked. No. The day you hear that I'm going to America, then watch it out. I'll be on a program. I'm going to preach and come back. I won't stay there for anything. I won't stay there for anything. Stay there for anything. No. Listen, I've not said don't go to America. Neither have I said don't go to your US. But you see, I'm trying to make you understand that you see, some of you, you are not living for Christ. You are living for gain. You are looking for a, a better life. Yeah, something better to, to live. Well, that is you. So keep yours. But you see, I'm only teaching you what you should know. That dedication to God. You see, so even if you are traveling, you are going, whatever. You see, Christ should be the reason. It shouldn't be money. You understand? It shouldn't be money. Christ should be the reason. So you see, from today, check the, the decisions you make in life. Some of you, even the people you marry, you marry them because of money. Yes, if I tell you to marry someone and the person doesn't have money, but it is the plan of God for your life, it will help you, it will take you places, it will, fail, it will make you serve God. You, you will not. Because the person doesn't have a kind of amount in his account. Doesn't have something. You see, so you see that we can't quote this scripture, but dedication means that Christ becoming the center of our life. Where your life is centered around God and you are described with God. When people, people are describing you, they should connect you to God. They should connect you to God. Oh, that, that, that guy uh, who, who is always going to church. Having to see that guy, they be on a man. You see, they should they should describe you with God. When your whole life, you see, that is when people nickname you pastor. When you are not a pastor, that's when people nickname you pastor. It can only happen if you are dedicated to God. Don't don't challenge what I'm saying. When you went to school, the people you nicknamed them pastors, how were they like? They were more dedicated to SU, to, to worship, to something. They were more dedicated than the, the average student. So you nicknamed them pastor. So if where you have stayed over and over and over, nobody has ever nicknamed you pastor. Your family members have never seen something spiritual about you to nickname you pastor. Then my dear, check your commitment. Genesis 14, 19. When Melchizedek was talking to Abraham, he said, Blessed be the God of Abraham, the Abraham of God. You understand? Read it. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God. You understand? So Abraham was described by God. The Abraham of the Most High God. May we say the Prince of the Most High God. May we say Parquesi of the Most High God. May we say Jonathan of the Most High God. May people look at you and mention your name and connect you to church. Connect you to God. That's a sign that you are dedicated to the Lord. Clap your two hands for the Lord. Number three. What dedication means. Dedication means the absolute ownership of one's life by God. When we say that you are dedicated to God, it means that God owns your life. God owns life. You see? You can use your mouth to say that God owns your life, but your actions will prove that you own your own life. Do you know that? Hello, do you know what I'm saying? 
you can say with your mouth that oh God is the owner of my life but your actions will also be saying something else that you own your own life because if God is the owner of your life then he calls the shot not you if someone is the owner of the car do you tell the person where the car goes to the person is the one who tells you that oh go here turn here stop here go there because he's the owner but the day you become the owner you choose to go where you want to go you choose to do what you want to do you choose to take what you want to take so if god is your owner you will not dress the way you like you will dress the way he likes if god is your owner you will not eat just what you want you will eat what is okay if god is your owner you will not drink any drink thing you say that this one if God is your owner, you don't call the shot. He calls the shot. He dictates what you do. That is how we know that God is your owner. Every dedicated person, when we say the person is dedicated, what we are trying to say is that the person is owned by God. Like Samuel. He was given to God, so he was owned, even though he had a mother and had a father. They didn't have control over Samuel. He was controlled by the mission house. God was the one who controlled. He wore the dress that the pastors were wearing from childhood. He had to eat the showbread, the one there, not the nice one in his father's house. He had to live his life like the one who owned him, not the others. I hear what I'm trying to say. So if truly that God owns your life, then you will not decide where to go, what to do, how to live your life. You will allow God to make the decisions for you. Now, my question to you is that the decisions you are making in life, are you the one deciding or God is the one showing you the way? Amen. Is God speaking to us tonight? We are not talking about receive it all. So I know that you are not happy. Don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. We are talking about dedication. And dedication means ownership of God. Where your life is no longer yours. Because if your life is yours, then you can direct yourself. But your life is no longer yours. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Acts 17, verse 28. For in him we live, and in him we move, and in him we have our being. That means that it is in him that we are complete human beings. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now, when he says that in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being, that means that we minus him is nobody. We minus him is no living thing. We minus him is no existence. He is the, he's our owner. He is our Lord. He is our controller. He is our life-giving force. He is everything that we have. We minus him, we don't exist. That's what it means. That's what it means. Amen. Oh, Amen. Colossians 1 verse 16 tells us 
that everything that was made both in heaven on earth whether demons principalities powers all things were made by him so we we are owned by god and we must begin to behave like that charlie when you are going to marry pray and ask him pray and ask him is it recently one of my sons sent me a message that is solomon he sent me a message from the pastoral school that certain questions have been coming up over and over and over he wants to know what i think about it that uh, certain people are complaining so maybe you two you have heard that question that uh, um, the bible says that we shouldn't have sex before marriage but now certain women they, uh, uh, men they are divorcing because after they marry maybe the man is impotent or maybe the man's thing is too small no 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 quiet L- listen this, these are real things these are real things do you know these are real things oh don't don't make that noise or uh, when they marry they discover that maybe the lady cannot be penetrated because maybe there, there's something is close you understand cannot be penetrated yeah the, certain women have that problem yeah so people have been asking they're the pastors so you see such people if they tasted if they fornicated small if they had sex it means that they will have known that this one so that they can so so so, so that they don't marry and they don't be divorced and it looks like it, it sounds logical how many of you can see that there's some wisdom in it but you see this one is the sense of the world and then he said pastor how he asked me how do i answer it because the question is plenty <laughs> sit down you see people are already looking for justification to do their own thing you see i told him the first thing is that those who are telling you that the few people who have had those problems they are using that case to cover the many people who have fornicated and have had diseases, who have fornicated and because of teenage pregnancies have stopped schools, who have fornicated and because of that people could not fulfill their destiny, who have fornicated and demons have entered into people and destroyed people. Those who have fornicated and they never got the chance to marry because most people who fornicate, they don't marry. So, so all those plenty people and even those who marry, always they also divorce because of mistrust. Because you cry, you require leader. You, you still did it with me. You want me to trust you. If I travel, I won't trust you. This one is a you cry you, you every day are leading prayer. They never trust themselves. People who have sex before they marry. You see, nobody's wiser than God. When God says stay away from fornication, stay away from it. Solomon slept with how many women in the Bible? Thousand and over. And Solomon is telling you that fornication is not good. Why are you to? To, 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 to challenge him. So don't use those few people who have brought up that health issue to justify that God is a foolish man for saying don't fornicate. To cover all the negative... Look at the broken homes we have. Look at the single... A lot of you here, your mother and your father don't stay together. A lot of you here. A lot of you here, your mother and your mother, they were not married. You see how you have been struggling, how you suffered. That is what fornication brought. That is what fornication brought. So fornication has created more harm 
than good. So that small thing that you are talking about that uh, someone maybe the thing is small. That small fraction, you are using that to cancel all the negative effects that fornication has brought on people. Collapse people's houses, collapse marriages, collapse brought abanuma uh, 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 into situations and all that. All those things wouldn't have been there if not for fornication. All those things. Life would have been perfect. Marriage would have been perfect. And so don't justify the, the bad thing you want to do by the small complaint one or two people have had. Listen, those who marry, whether they use the right or they use the wrong way, also will have certain challenges. So if these people have had some, some challenges because they didn't taste and see, it is not a justification that others should go and taste and then see. Amen. Oh, or oh, oh, you don't agree to it. You see, then I told him, and this is why I'm saying what I'm saying. Then, I, then he asked me that, so how can those few people also escape? Like, how can they escape that thing? Okay, God, we kept ourselves. This is the problem waiting. How can we escape? Let's see, that is why the Bible says that we should pray. We should commit our ways to the Lord. We will direct our path. The one who made you knows your size. The one who made you knows your depth. The one who made you knows your thickness. The one who made you knows the one who can turn your feelings on. The one who made you know the things others cannot know. You don't need to go and fornicate to find out. All you need is to be praying, to ask the Lord. Lord, I've seen this beautiful girl in the choir. I want to marry. Should I go ahead? It is not always that God will say no because the person is a bad person. Sometimes God says no because when you marry, this person may not be your size. This person may not be your thickness. This person may not fit you sexually. This person may not have that romance that will turn you on. God knows those things that you don't need to experiment to see. He says, acknowledge him in your ways and he will direct your path. The reason is because we don't pray. Prayer warriors, we see fine girl, then we just marry. Then the response that we say, it's because I didn't taste and see. No, it's not because you didn't taste and see. It's because you didn't ask for direction. God would have led you to the right person without tasting and seeing. When you marry her, you will see that you've made the right choice. I didn't taste my wife. I didn't see my wife. But when I married her, I realized that it's my own. It's my own. It's my own. It's my own. And so I believe in that one. Because I prayed. I fasted. I fasted, I prayed, I fasted over and over. God had to reveal her to me that, okay, this is his hair. Marry her. Even when I made up my mind that, oh, or children want to do it to me, Jan, or God appeared to me that night and told me that she's the one. Don't leave her. Stay. Wait for her. God told me that she's young. Don't worry. Wait for her. She's the one. So I know who I married. Some church members came to me and said, that, you see, she's a bit new. Around, I said, listen, you don't know where I know her. Leave your case. <laughs> sit down, sit down. So listen to me. When you are choosing, pray. Do you understand? Because you don't know who will die next 10 years. You don't know who will die next 5 years. So as you are choosing with today, add prayer so that if there is something. And listen, when God says no, don't try to argue with you. When God shows you that there's a problem, 
don't try to argue it intentionally say that oh but he's also a good girl in the church oh he's also a good guy in the church god is saving you from something you don't know about that is how those people would have escaped that thing they are complaining about they would have escaped it if they have acknowledged god in their decision then god would have paired the people size by size and thickness by thickness So in case you go and hear that question, I've given you the answer. You don't need to taste and see. All you need is that pray the Lord will direct you. And the Lord may not give you the details why you keep praying about this brother and only bad dreams you see. Say, Pastor, it's a warning. God, you are not a prophet, so God won't talk to you, my son. He will only show you signs once you are seeing negative series of negative revelations about that sister, no matter how anointed, even if she is Namiche, oh Maria. Because it means it's not that she's bad, though. She's not for you. She's not for you. She will match someone else. He will match someone else. But you are saying this, but you don't know what be behind the curtain. You don't know it. You don't know that. Amen. Amen. I don't know why I digressed, but maybe God wants a, a young person here to learn something. I don't know why I digressed. Let me come back and finish. Let me finish. Now, so where did we get to number what? Number what? Number three. We said the absolute ownership of one's life by God. God owns us. So, because he owns us, let us do things to please him, not ourselves. Okay? Tell the one seated by you, stop doing things according to your plans. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Amen. Now, finally for tonight, I'll end it here. Finally for tonight. What does dedication mean? It means unconditional commitment to God. It means committing to God without a condition. So listen to me. God is not God because he gave you a husband. Though. I'm telling you. God is not God because he gave you a job. God is not God because he gave you something you prayed about. God is God because he made you. Are you hearing me? God is God because he gave you life. He gave you breath. He created you. And so stop connecting your dedication to God to something he should do for you. That if God does this for me, I'll serve him for the rest of my life. Who, who, who born dog? Who are you? Who are you? And so some of you, because of a job, you stopped serving God. Because you prayed about a job and you didn't get a job. Or you, you prayed you went there, they disqualified you. So you stopped serving God. Some of you, because of money, you prayed about something you didn't get, you stopped serving God. Some of you, because of marriage, eh, God, you have promised me it's keeping long. Because of that, you stopped serving God. Listen to me. Dedication means following unconditionally. Ruth came in because of a man, but after the man, she still stayed. That's dedication. That's dedication. Whether the man was there or alive, dead or alive, she says, I'm going nowhere. 
So God, whether I'm a poor pastor or a rich pastor, I'm serving you till I die. That's dedication. Whether I have a job or I don't have a job, I'm shepherding till I die. Whether I have a house to lay my head or I don't have a house to lay my head, I'm shepherding till I die. I'm serving you till I die. That is dedication. Dedication is not today when customers come, then I'm happy. Tomorrow when I open my shopping, customers don't come and buy, then I'm, I'm angry. Brother, sister, why didn't you come to church? Yeah, it's a flaky and tired here. It means that your dedication is connected to people coming to buy or connected to a condition. There is something that you are looking for. Otherwise, God, I won't save you. If that is the level you are, then you are not committed. You are not dedicated to God. You are like, Opa, I love you, but the reason why I came is no more. And so I'm going my way. That's why we heard nothing about Opa again. But we kept reading about roots until she became the ground. Up to today, we are still preaching in Africa. I'm still talking about her. One thing that she did, one dedication she showed. Listen, let your dedication to God be unconditional. And I want you to help me ask the one seated by you, why have you stopped serving God well? Why? Why? What, what is not going on well in your life? For which reason you have stopped serving God? What, what is not going on well? Is it a job? Is it money? Is it uh, some, some, some admission you were bounced? You were not given the admission. Is it marriage? Is it some, some qualification you were going for police or for soldier or something? They didn't take you. Is that why? Is that why? Is that why? Why are you not serving God anymore? Why has your dedication reduced? Why? Why? Is it because you are looking for a post? You are not given the post? Why? Some of you, you are singing all your life because of a post. And they've, they've never given you mic. Said, eh, I'm sorry, I can't pull back to my Because of that, no more rehearsals. Because you have not been given mic. Conditional service is not dedication. It's not dedication. It's not dedication. It's not dedication. Why have you stopped serving the Lord? Why? That's the question the Lord is asking us today. Because you like the pastor. That's why you always come into church. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. A, why is it that your mind is corrupt like that? No, no, no. No, no. All of you making. Do do you hate me? No. So no, no. I'm surrounded by enemies. So why is it I say somebody likes the pastor and you, you are thinking the negative one? You see, it tells your heart. See that you are a fallen person, Ankasa. It's like you are a, a, a son, a daughter of Adam. It's like burning. No, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. There are people who are in the church because they like the way the pastor preaches. No, it's true. Most of the people who come to this church and stay, when I speak to them, oh, okay, or when maybe we call them from the office, I say, oh, 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 do, do you like, oh, yes, oh, I like the message the pastor preached. So they are coming back because of the pastor. So it's a condition. You understand? 
they have to increase it too without the pastor. You see? So, some people like, some of you, you, you like me because we are area boys, we grew up together. Some of you like me because of my preaching. Some of you, you like the church because of a friend. or Some, some of you like it because you have a beloved here. You understand? So, the day that relationship breaks, I like the church, ba-ba-ba. The day that that pastor doesn't speak to you well, or that pastor is transferred to another church. You say, oh, uh, the pastor has been transferred. Me, I like, I like pastor this, so, so, and so. I like pastor so, so, and so. He has been transferred. So, uh, me too, I'm either following him to start a new church. You see that your dedication is conditional. God doesn't want a condition. You see, God didn't love you when you did a good thing. God loved you even when you were a bad person. God loved you. You yourself, look at the way you were before you became saved. Look at the things you, you did. Look at the life you have lived. When in nature, Jesus died for you. He didn't wait for you to be holy. He didn't wait for you to be pure. Why are you trying to save him when you get a job? Why you are waiting to have money? You are waiting to hit some jackpot. You are waiting to have a beloved. Then you are stable. You are waiting to get some something, some scholarship. You know, someone filled an exam some time ago, and he came to ask me, eh, Pastor, is God real? Because of BC. So God is no more God. Because of BC. Amen. Because of BC. Job chapter 13, verse 15. Sit down. Job 13, verse 15. Look at what Job said. Job said, Though he slays me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. Though he slays me, though I am hurt by God, though God is the one striking me, though God is the one putting me through all this pain. Was it not God who made Job go through all that? But Job said, even though I'm suffering because of this same person, yet will I trust him. In other words, yet will I still remain faithful. Can you still remain faithful to the church even after the pastor rebukes you? Can you still remain faithful even after your relationship in the church breaks up? Can you still stay in the church even after you have traveled or you, you, have, you, you have gone to stay far away? You used to stay around or dock also. You always come to church. Now you are staying at Amasaman. Can you still come to church? Or you will stop coming? Will you still come to church? Or you tell us that it's a See, listen, church is not a restaurant for you to look for the nearest station to buy from. No, church is a family. We are related together by one father. That's why we call it family. It's from the word pater, from a source. Your pastor becomes the spiritual father and he connects all of us. We are one. And so if you go and stay at Abokobi, this is still your church. You must find your way to your church. You see, people drive two hours to attend church. They are dedicated people. You, you stay at Amasama, you go to work at Tema. You are able to go. But you can't come from Kaswa to this place. You say, Pastor, now I stay at Kaswa, I can't come to church. No. It's your family. Your church is your family. Your church is your family. So, God wants you to be dedicated to him and also to this family. 
that he has brought you to be a part of. Don't let your dedication to God be contingent on something. In good times, in bad times, though he slays me. So Job was faithful when he was a rich man and was also faithful when he was a poor man. Can you be like that? Can you say that whether I marry or not marry, I was still going to serve God like crazy? Or you say, hey, pastor, then I'll okay. Yeah, anytime I talk to my daughters about that, they, don't, they can't answer. They laugh. <laughs> they laugh. If I ask them that too, can you still serve God if you don't get a husband in the church? Then they laugh. <laughs> Daddy. So, I know that. No, 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 Daddy. Don't go there. Though he slays me. Can you remain unemployed for a long time because the jobs you are getting are not good jobs for church? Can you decide that I will not accept it? Can you remain unemployed for a long time because of God? Or as for this scripture, you don't like it. Though he slays me, yet I will trust him. There are people who are rising out of this conference whose commitment to God will not, no longer be about money. It will no longer be about a friend they know. It will no longer be about the pastor. It will no longer be about something they like. It will no longer be about something that they are looking for. It will be because God is the one who created them. God is the one who owns them. God is the one who controls them. And their life is dependent on God. Not on anything. Not on any human being. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. Amen. Rise up to your feet. We couldn't do the third objective. We'll continue. Rise up to your feet. We have learned something today. We have learned about why we must be dedicated to the Lord. We have seen three things why we must be dedicated to the Lord. And we have also seen four definitions or meaning of dedication. I hope that you have been blessed tonight. I hope you have been blessed tonight. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. We have just started with an introduction. Lift up your two hands. Beloved, thank you for listening to this message by Reverend Prince Lai. If you have been blessed by this message and have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, kindly say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died, that I may live. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have said this prayer, know that your sins have been forgiven. And you are now a new creation. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at Odoko, adjacent Best Point Savings and Loan, Odoko Market. For more information, please call 0543-248-982 or 0241-372-895. God richly bless you. Oh, my God.